This week's episode of the Fat Packs Podcast is brought to you by the Collectible Card Club, Monster Breaks, and all our phone guests appear on the Spotty Hot Cash Hotline. Okay, gather around, gather around the radio. are back i am eric he is paul we are run emp this is the fat packs podcast brought to you by the collectible card club and monster breaks what's up paul you okay over there Saw, dude. Saw, you uh you get eating a nice breakfast bar i am yeah it's good stuff man <laughs> nice good awesome. stuff i had my dry cereal before that mm. and uh yeah man dry cereal is a thing like that's a that's a sentimental thing for me. Oh, yeah, okay. you didn't even know that. Obviously. I did not know uh, that. So uh, when my my great grandfather was alive, so I didn't know my grandfather. Okay. Uh, but my great grandfather, I had a very close relationship with. Okay. And uh, some of my f- best memories of him were, were sitting on the front porch swing eating dry cereal. Nice. It was uh, it was fun. I mean, you know, as as fun as a seven eight year old kid could have sitting on the front porch eating. Um, dry cereal. Dry cereal. But he would always, he was a good observationist. So he would look around the neighborhood and, and uh, he would point things out, eating nasty, dry cornflakes. Wow. You've had some <laughs> interesting stories with your grandparents. At least you weren't watching Wheel of Fortune while you were doing No, it. that Wheel of Fortune story. We'll leave that story alone. Right, let's get on with the sports stuff. won't be told on this <laughs> format. Um, yeah, man. What's up? What's up, new pricing wise? What's going on? Dude, man. So we got, uh, it's a light week. Okay. I think because there's a lot of uh, good, like, I don't want to say product. I said new pricing. You just said new products, but for pricing um, or for products, it's a light week, I think, because there's some monsters coming out here soon. So uh, let's go. We'll get into that real quick. Um, 2018 Panini Donruss Diamond Kings. Okay. Are you a fan of this? Is this Diamond Kings? I mean, I like it. It's. um, I couldn't remember. There's somebody in the office that really likes it. I thought it was you, but maybe not. It might be Justin. It might be. I mean, I like it. For the price point, I like it. Okay. All right. And the price point is good. It's $75 a box, uh, 12 packs, eight cards per pack. Um, you get two aut- two autos or mems. So you're gonna pr- you probably get one of each, is what I've seen come out so far. Uh, three frame parallels, two SPs, two variations, eleven inserts, and there's about eight to ten different Otani cards in this. Uh, you know, on every post that I've seen, somebody post you know mm-hmm. come by this, breaking it, whatever. Right. The Otani point is one that they keep making. Like there's he's so in it, he's many Otanis. Yeah. So um, that's good stuff. Go get yourself. It's a good shot at getting a few of his cards. Most of his cards are very short printed and hard to get. This one is is got a lot in there. You'll be able to uh, to pick some up in your box. 2008 tops. Walking Dead Road to Alexandria. Okay. You stopped watching this, didn't you? I I totally tapped out on the show. Uh, I think Scott Gimple, who was the showrunner or was the showrunner, did it. Did he just ran into a ground? Yeah. And he. he I don't, that's a pl- total play on words, but that's what he did. Okay. This product though is pretty hot. 
Okay. This is pretty hot. It's uh, $80 a box. You're going to get two hits per box. Uh, at least one of them is going to be an auto. Uh, some boxes will have two. Uh, 24 packs, eight cards per pack. It's packed full of the normal stuff that you normally see from Walking Dead with the uh, with the relics and the ammo and uh, sketch cards and things like that. So uh, go get you some of that. Also, today is Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday. Friday, you know what, you know what happens tomorrow? It's Friday the 13th. It, well, yeah, that might be the case. But okay. do you know what else happens tomorrow? No. They start releasing Funkos for the new Han Solo movie for Star Wars. Oh, so that's that's where it's going to start. Yeah, it's going to start. So it actually started out. like two weeks ago at Denny's. And then well, that did, but this is the Funko stuff. The, the Funko Funko's stuff. got tons okay. of stuff between the, the keychains and the actual Funko Pops. And sure. T-shirts, and they got, if you go to Funko.com, there's so much stuff on there that it's coming out, and it starts tomorrow. That movie, you know, it's a Star Wars movie, right? It so is. You should just be expected to be huge. Right. But... I don't know, more more so like the like the I see more collecting stuff about this. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm paying more attention, but the Funko things, the Denny's, those Denny's uh, have you seen those cards? Yeah, those ridiculous prices. So they're Crazy. the foil cards are like one in three hundred packs. Yeah. And they're selling between, you know, hundred and fifty and three hundred dollars on eBay. That, I mean and they're two or three dollars a pack to yeah, buy. Something like that, yeah. People were taking the inserts from the uh from the menus and selling those and yep. it's ridiculous. It is. I was talking to, to Matt in the office and he was saying, Can you imagine if they had put autographs in that set and the like in those uh those packs? Right. The price of those would just be through the roof. Through the absolute roof. So, okay. Um, so yeah, so Han Solo hype is uh starting. It's already started with the Denny's thing. It's gonna start Funko's gonna have it everywhere. They are a media giant and uh, like to put tons of stuff out. So yeah, from the collectability side there's gonna be plenty to get for this movie. Um, I was looking into it a little bit, not to talk about the movie necessarily, but there's like 10 new characters that are going to be very collectible coming out in this movie So um, that you really don't even know from Star Wars. So that's going to be pretty cool um, from that aspect. So, you know, um, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and for sure. And Star Wars Mania is going to start here. Well, the, su- the summer blockbuster season is really starting in, what, two weeks with, with Infinity War. With, yeah, with the Avengers, right? Right, and then it's going to just jump right into the, I think there's three or four movies right back to back to back to back that are going to be lead up right to the Han Solo movie because yeah. the Han Solo is Memorial Day weekend yeah, yeah. May 25th so it's ridiculous uh, <laughs> speaking of ridiculous let's just go ahead and uh, for, first I'll knock out new pricing knock out new pricing uh, just two Gypsy Queen and National Treasures those are done for baseball for uh, no, Gypsy, Twe- Gypsy Queen baseball National Treasures Football. Okay. I also finished up Opeachy uh, Platinum Hockey yesterday. Need some autograph uh, pricing on those. One per box. Ah. So there's not a lot of information out there on those. So if you if you have some uh, sales information you would like to share with me, please do so. Eric N at Beckett.com, and I will uh, definitely take a look at that. So what was what was ridiculous, man, was the Dallas Fan Expo last weekend. My goodness, I. I don't even know where to start. I felt like, and I'm going to take it way back. I felt like I was back at the at a, the Britney Spears concert that I took my sisters to, where oh, it was geez, just okay. like packed full of people. I've never seen so many people in my life, dude. Right. I thought they were giving away free bread, water, toilet paper, or something. Yeah, something like, ridiculous, dude. I looked at that and I was like, "This is not a knock against the National uh, Baseball Card Convention because that's a fantastic event, but the people that show up for these fan fest things is unbelievable." Nothing I'd ever seen before. I was, I've been to one or two before, and I, well, I've been to the one, I've been to the Emerald City Con. 
okay. in Seattle, and then I'd been to Dallas Fan Days. Neither of which, even the National, were not as big ridiculous. as what was going on at the at the K Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center. It was I, I, they they got to get a different place, right? I mean, it's that big. It needs to be at the it needs to be at Cowboy Stadium, man. I mean, this is unbelievable how big and the turnout, man. Just the the amount of people that one that do the cosplay and dress up. Number two, just the autograph lines. I mean, there's a lot of good autograph guests there, but they're like football fields long. Right, it was unbelievable, right. and it was non-stop. And you know the thing there with the autograph guests, Affleck and and Goldberg, um, Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, those were the two like the bigger names. But th- their lines were long, but just comparatively speaking, the other lines were just as long. For sure, for sure, and. I just, I was just taken back. I couldn't even get down to the autograph pavilion. You know, there's that step, you step down like three or four steps to get down there. Yeah, yeah. There's no way you can get down on that floor. And um, it was just, it was amazing to watch the people. It was amazing to watch people just buying crazy amounts of stuff. You know what I mean? Just Funkos and toys and shirts and stickers and almost whatever they get their hand on. And they're just very, you know, I saw it, you know, somebody's dressed as Spider-Man and they're walking around you know, doing the Spidey thing, and then you see their bags, you, you look down at their bags, and they've got like eight new Spider-Mans that they bought. So right, like, exactly. That's what they do, and it's um, it's awesome. It's good to see, man. Like you said, we're in the wrong business. We're in the wrong business. <laughs> Dude, and what I liked about it, though, is because we always focus here um, on our show, we talk a lot about the kids. Dude, there are so many kids, I think, that like Spider-Man over uh, Mike Trout. You know I, oh, I mean? yeah, definitely. I, I, I think uh, and, where, where that's concerned... Maybe it's because they all show up at the same place at the same time, but maybe it's yeah, it, it's just everywhere. And the collectible side of the thing, you took some pictures of some uh, some transformers, dude. I was in heaven. Yeah, hit me up with those. What's up with that, dude, man? So um, went by this this booth, and I'm a huge uh, transformers nut to begin with. And uh, I, I this lady it was so funny. Like I wasn't like tearing up or anything, but I was definitely like in all about it. And she's sure, like, she's like, "Are you all right?" And I'm like, I just love looking at this stuff. I mean, it was just unstinking believable. So basically, it was a showcase, like a normal baseball card showcase that you would that you could compare to, and it had like every G1, G2 transformer in it from like my childhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it was just they were all on display, and it was just simply amazing. And uh, I'm going to give a shout out right now, man, because that display was awesome too. Crazy comics, Crazy. comics. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's K R A Z Y K O M I X. They're right here in Fort Worth. They're right down the road, man. Um, but they check their website out, man. They have some crazy stuff on there, and the Transformer collection was just unbelievable. Sweet. Um, um, I sent that. By the way, I posted that on my Facebook, and I sent it to about ten of my friends because I geeked out. You geeked out. <laughs> I did. Um, it was from my perspective. We were. Sp- split up and it was actually i saw you at the beginning of the day on saturday i didn't see you again no i saw you on monday yeah (laughs) so um one i think we got a lot of good content coming up from it you know oh man yeah there was no real way there to to do interviews right to to be able to to sit down with people it was just so busy right um but it was nice to be able to talk to a couple people that we've uh you know hopefully lined up in the future sure over the next couple weeks we'll get some um some total feedback from from the from this event and from you know hopefully the you know more to more to come right you know, the other ones that they've done and, and hopefully they'll share some stories about this because it's just a whole different it's a whole different world out yeah, there it's man. a whole different animal my 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 passing thoughts were one like every sketch artist you could name was probably there you know they were <laughs> it was cool and the, 
Okay, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. And then, like, where you saw Transformers and Funkos everywhere, I was seeing Legos everywhere, too. Yeah, there was. There's a lot of different... Well, they call them minifigs, but yeah. it, it was... It's just a whole different realm of collecting that, as a sports card guy, you probably wouldn't even know about if you just didn't take the opportunity to branch out. I'm so glad we went, because there was just... I just, it just opened my mind. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. And you're talking about the sketch artists. What I what what impresses me one is I, one I can't draw a stick figure. Sure. So for these guys to do this work is unbelievable. For them to do this work while they're sitting at the table with five people talking to them and tens of thousands of people making right. noise and the chaos that's going on around, and they're just, just sitting there like, and the de- just, draw, just yeah. drawing, and the detail is unbelievable. How they can focus on what they're doing while all that's going on is sure. uh, it's beyond me. Yeah, it's uh, it's nuts. So if you guys have a chance to go to a fan expo or a comic con in your area, I'd go do it. It's fun. Absolutely, it's worth every penny of it to to get in there and to. There's so much to do. We didn't even do half of it. There's yeah. the family zone, yeah. and there was a. Um, they even had a tattoo. Booth the tattoo there. thing was <laughs> blowing my mind. I was walking. Uh, I was walking my family through there. Right, right. We were just trying to get to the next section, and uh, Eli's mind was blown. Why, why are people getting tattoos here? <laughs> And I'm like, this doesn't look really safe. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, of course, it's sanitary. And everything. Oh, absolutely, but, yeah. I mean, it was like, yeah. But getting a tattoo in public like that is like, uh, I don't know what to do that. Yeah, but it's all part of the – I mean, I'm not a tattoo guy at all, but it's mm-hmm. all part of, like, the experience, you know. And then as I was leaving uh, Saturday night, I didn't, I didn't stay the whole to the whole thing, but I was leaving and I was walking out, and there had to be a line of, like, 300, 400 people that were dressed up, mm-hmm. cosplay, guys, cosplay people. And they were all standing in line to get their picture taken, like mm-hmm. at the red carpet. Yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah, that yeah, thing. yeah, right. And I was just like, "That's like a thing. Like they really like embrace that and take pictures." And the community there is so unlike anything I've ever seen. You know, sure. they're walking around and like, and if you're if you're dressed up and someone else is dressed up, and you like their costume, it's like, "Oh, let me get a picture." Right, right. And they're just taking pictures of each other. But if you're not dressed up. And they're walking around. Let me get a picture. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a little bit of hesitation. So it's definitely a, a community there that uh, I've just never seen. It, yeah, it's it's nuts. Uh, we had a lot of good, a lot of good fun. Had a great time, and uh, look forward to doing it again. Uh, fan days will be coming up. Okay, and we'll have to, that one's at a smaller area. This is a smaller venue. Okay, but it's just as much fun. All right, that works right. for me, man. I'm I'm down, man. I'm any anything like that we can go to. I'm uh, I'm ready to go. Awesome. All right, uh, let's set up the show. We are in our super collector series, and the first interview out of the gate is going to be our friend Michael Phillips, who is a Clay Matthews super collector, which Paul will tell you is not an easy task. It's to do. not easy at all. So uh, when I when Paul and I initially had this conversation about who we wanted to get on for this series. And uh, we we brought we brought up the the Packers Clay Matthews collector. We were all about it. We met him last year at the National. Uh, he wasn't able to come on then, but he, he came on this week with us. Impressive. He's got a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, he sure does. A lot, and, and lofty goals. And lofty goals. So that's good, though. Yes. And then we're gonna follow that up with an interview with an author, producer, just an all in all all around great lady. Her name is Maureen Ulrich. She is from Saskatchewan, Canada. Yes. And she was she was in studio last Friday. She was down here for the Texas Rangers Blue Jay series, which 
uh, I believe the Jays won two one in that. I in that believe whole. so. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, have the Rangers? Oh, they've won them like one two games. They've won a couple. Complete games. side note: Elvis Andrews has a fraction. Sure. So yeah. how long is it? That's crazy. But um, <laughs> so she was down here from Saskatchewan. Uh, she is the producer and the writer of a one woman one act play called Diamond Girls, which is about the uh, All American Girls Professional Baseball League. Yep. And it was just a great. Great time talking to her. Love having first studio guest. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And she was such a lovely lady, man. Just she was. Very just so cool stories. Really know, cool stories. Fun to listen to. And uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy that for sure. I definitely think you're going to enjoy that. I do want to make mention here that, uh, again, she is from Saskatchewan. And uh, that horrible accident that took place oh, so over bad. over the last weekend with the Humboldt Broncos. Uh, I mean, just words just escape me, man. I'm... I am terrified of buses. Like I don't. I've been in five bus accidents in my life. Wow! And when I hear stories like this about bus, I mean, I know they're probably it's not front page news or anything. But when when a, a town as small as Humboldt is yeah. has such a tragedy take place, you know, it made the whole hockey world stand up and take notice. Right, right. And a, a lot of good things have come from this tragedy. Right. But let's not lose sight of. Um, the, the lives that were lost there that just heartbreaking and my, my thoughts were all weekend with, with Maureen because she's from that area and she knows everyone in and that yeah, area she, knows, I mean, she could it, run for mayor exactly. she knows everybody so um, I'm sure that hit her hit her heart I'm we sure probably reach out to her yeah, we probably should uh, so uh, that's our two interviews they're, they're great and then we're going to come back on the other end of that with a little Beckett whatevs we have a crocodile store for you uh, in the animal kingdom and the only reason we're telling this story is because this dude lived. I, I promise you that. Yeah, really. Yeah, otherwise it would definitely cost us an arm or a leg. Yes, exactly. All right, you guys hang tight. We'll be right back with Michael Phillips and his Clay Matthews collection. This is Sean Aronson, the play-by-play voice of the St. Paul Saints, your new favorite minor league baseball team, and you're tuned in to the Fat Packs Podcast. And we are back after that quick break. Uh, joining us on the phone now for our second week of our Super Collector Series. Super, super. 2018 is one Mr. Michael Phillips. Uh, you might know him if you if you, if you uh, search around the interwebs because uh, he's probably chasing after a Clay Matthews car that you want. What's up, Mike? How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We were well, man. A little food coma after lunch, but other than that, can't complain. Yeah, we're we're, we're doing good. You're Excellent. you're off work already, right? This this is like the beginning of your evening, correct? Absolutely, yes. So my first question to you is, what do you do that you get off work at at one o'clock in the afternoon? <laughs> I am a contractor out on the Air Force base, and I go into work at six o'clock in the morning. Oh, nice. Paul and I get here at six, but so, we don't get off at at one. No, we have to we have to stay here till three. <laughs> That's horrible. That's all right. We're just not that important. All right. So, Mike, uh, introduce yourself. What do you? Who are you? How long have you been in the hobby? And what do you collect? Okay. Uh, my name's Michael Phillips. Um, on social media, for the card purposes, you'll find my name on YouTube as This Film Not Yet Rated, and on Instagram is the same thing. I collect Clay Matthews and the Green Bay Packers. Um, almost exclusively clay but i like to pick up a few things of all the other packer legends because there's so many of them um the packers but, have never had a good team what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, they, they've had a few good players over the years <laughs> nice 
So, uh, um, so go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I interrupted you. My bad. No, I, you're you're fine. All right. So I was just gonna say that. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that I uh, collect cards and some memorabilia. Not as much, just because the memorabilia seems to be a lot pricier. Yeah, it sure does. You know, you came to our attention uh, actually last year. You bought a Clay Matthews card from me, and that's how I how I came to know your name and then you ran we ran into each other at the national and we made our nat, our niceties and we wanted to get you on there but uh here almost a whole year later here you are with us now we'll to wait till the super collector thing came yeah, around the super collector was come back around what it was about. so how many clay matthew cards well let's start this where did you start collecting clay matthews why did you start collecting clay matthews um well i got into collecting football cards and specifically clay matthews back in 2010 Okay. Um, I wanted to collect. I wanted to do a player PC because that always appealed to me, and I've always been a fan of defensive players and defense in general. And at that time, the Packers had some really good ones like Charles Woodson and Nick Collins, but they didn't have anything available basically on the market. And Charles Woodson's only autographs were with the Oakland Raiders, and I had wanted no part of that. <laughs> so had a had a had a young dude uh, named Clay Matthews, and he had uh, done some really good work for the team as a rookie. And uh, I liked the way he played. And a friend of mine sent me a care package that happened to have a Clay Matthews rookie card autograph in it, and that was card number one. And it is still in the PC. Now, Paul, you were telling me yesterday that Clay Matthews didn't have a lot of rookie cards autographed. He doesn't have a ton in comparison to some of the guys today. So, um, have you had a hard time like tracking down his autos? Because I know he doesn't ha- he doesn't sign a whole lot of things. Yes, um, the problem with him was he was a first round draft pick that did not get invited to the rookie premiere, or mm. he declined the invitation. I'm not sure which happened. Mm. So he only had autographs and a few products um, as a rookie. And he didn't have a single autograph card from Topps until 2014. So he only had two years with Topps because they quit making licensed products in 2015. So it, it was it was hard for a while finding things. And because I started in 2010, uh, a year after his rookie year, all his really rare stuff had already been scooped up. And I've been trying to chase them down ever since. Yeah, because you're definitely not alone in the Clay Matthews hunt. Sure. Uh, I mean, a lot of his stuff definitely, even the newer stuff that comes out, has pretty good value for being a defensive player on that on the defensive side. So uh, I think he is very collectible across the board. And being a Packer, I think you're uh, you have one of the harder PCs. I think of, of the people we've talked to to have to try to track down this guy. I definitely think so. Uh, he, it's oh, you hit all the points there, Paul. He's a Packer. Yep. Which is you know it, that sets him up above probably 80% of the league, right? For sure. Um, It's rare. He's hard to track down. And then three, he's not the only one, right? No, not at all. Michael's going up against these phantom people who, they're not phantom people, they're they're buying just like he is. So let's let's ask you this. How many total Clay Matthew cards do you have? Um, I did a rough count going through my boxes yesterday, and I came up with 603 unique. 
cards. 603 unique cards. That's impressive for a defensive player. That's really impressive for, for a sure. defensive player. For, for guys like you and I, Paul, who look at the database on a daily basis and see you know how many how many cards these guys have having 603 unique clay matthews cards is uh is impressive so how how did you acquire those through trades through buying what what do you how are you how are you picking up most of your cards uh buying it started out mostly through um ebay ebay okay. was the place where i picked up majority of things so and from their facebook as well Oh, yes. Uh, Facebook and blowout card forums came along later, and it's been amazing. The social media aspect of collecting has just made the world a whole lot smaller. And I have eyes and ears all over the country looking for <laughs> me, and I get, up, I get hit up daily, and it's a great thing. By chance, this is completely random, probably not part of the conversation or should be part of the conversation but do you know who anthony divine is i have heard the name that dude I'm not sure that i know them he's he's a road warrior uh we, we call him the road warrior here and i i'm willing to bet he's probably came across across some clay matthew cards that you probably need for sure that guy <laughs> has everything he he has a little bit of everything so you, you're talking about making the world smaller uh the community has become smaller, uh, more tight knit too, because of social media. Have you found? You said you have eyes and ears out there looking for you. So clearly, you've made friends. Have you found it? Um, have you found it a, a nicety uh, that people are sending you Clay Matthews, or or, or since they know that you want it, are they, are they making you buy it? Uh, I've had uh, hookups from a lot of friends that I've made through this hobby. Um, I originally got into YouTube making videos um, and I met so many people through there that I now uh, they're daily friends they're people I meet up with and people I meet at nationals that it's just a regular thing every couple of years hey we're, we're gonna all meet up in Chicago and we hang out and um, yeah I get care packages from them and then they'll also say hey I found this here this person has posted this picture and they'll send it to me and I'll be able to get in contact with them. There you go. And it, without, without all that, I wouldn't have nearly even close to anything that I have. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's, it's so good to hear stories like that. Yeah, it really is. People helping people in this industry. So, all right, man, let's go through some highlights of, of your Clay Matthews. What do you got? What, what's your favorite card that you have? Um, if you can pick one, <laughs> maybe two. I would say... I would say my favorite card, and it's just because it's from one of my favorite products, 2011 Gold Standard Football. I, I absolutely love that product, and it was neat to see it come back. But Clay Matthews only has three NFL Shield logo patch autographs. Okay. He only has three throughout all products, and one of them came from that, and I was able to secure that last year. There you go. Um, I, I bought it from the original owner who hit it in a group break back in 2011 and held on to it all this time, and I got it from him in 2017. Very nice. Very cool. That's a – shield You know, shield patches are hard to find as it is, and knowing that your guy only has three across all products, that's got to be a kick in the ball sometime, right? I mean, you just you, – you're, you're struggling, right? Absolutely. It's, it's insanity that I, I know that – they're making more and more shield autographs, 
And it's just like, okay, well, put some more out of him. <laughs> I just, I've never even seen the other two. In fact, the other two are redemptions, and one of the redemptions was just pulled recently. But I promised that to another fellow clay collector. I told him if either one of those pops up, you can go after him. I've secured one of them. I'm not going to mess with it. No, oh, very nice, very nice. Again, people helping people. People like helping that. people. So, um, what's it like for you now? Like, do, do you open packs? Do you do you go to the hobby shop and open up open up packs? I do not. You don't. I have okay. opened. I have opened exactly two hobby boxes. One of them, I won in a NFL playoff contest on from Panini on Twitter. Okay. And then the other one, I actually, I, I actually bought a box of 2013 score jumbo just because I liked all the parallels and I wanted to build that rainbow of clay. So I was like, okay, I can buy a cheap box and try to do that. I didn't pull anything of him, but yeah, that was the only uh, hobby box I've purchased. I find that my money is better spent on singles. I, you know, I think you would find that probably across the board now, Paul. Oh, I agree, a hundred percent. I'm, I'm dazed and amazed that you've only opened two boxes of cards. Yeah, man. so that's my follow up question. Yeah. <laughs> my follow up question was going to be, you know, what's it like for you to pull Clay Matthews out of a pack? But since you've only opened two hobby boxes, why have you only opened two hobby boxes? <laughs> Because you know, I'm always, I'm always thinking, man. Yeah, I could buy that box. It's a hundred and fifty dollars or so, and I'm like, or I can buy another autograph. I'm just oh. always afraid that I'm gonna spend the money and then something's gonna come up and I'm not gonna be able to get it. So he's I, doing I what everybody also, should do. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, well, I also know that how addicting it can be to rip because i see so many of my friends do it and i'm sitting there thinking i could be doing the same thing i would open a box then open a box and then open a case and then i'm like oh no (laughs) so i just kind of leave that temptation alone well good for you man and and stay that way always and always (laughs) (laughs) so how many how many uh unique how let's go this way how many 10 or lower cards do you have of mr matthews uh, serial number to 10 or less, I have 191 unique Clay oh, Wow. Man, that's impressive. How many of those are autographed? Do you know that answer? Uh, I have 108 total unique autographs. Wow. And of and of those 108, 26 of them are 101s. Jeez, man. You are serious about this Clay Matthews guy. <laughs> that's impressive. I, I love collecting this stuff. All right. Well, there you go. I just hope he never gets traded. <laughs> yeah, no, God, for your sake. Now, do you go? Do you chase after you know Dad or Uncle Matthews? Do you do you chase after those guys as well, just to add to your collection, or is it strictly clay? It is. It is just clay. But I am going since the uh, they put senior in the select product this year, and they're beautiful cards. Okay, I'm going to pick up. I'm going to pick up one autograph of Senior, and I will pick up a Finest Moments autograph from back in the day of Bruce Matthews, Uncle Bruce. I, I loved that set from 2001, or uh, nice. 2000, Finest Moments. Yeah, those are nice cards, Yeah, those, sure. Yeah, they're, they're tough to find, aren't they, those Finest Moments? They are. Okay, well, let's talk about your memorabilia. You said you had a few pieces. What do you got? I My biggest piece of memorabilia would be I have a pair of signed game-used autograph cleats. Are you serious? Uh, Clay. <laughs> I do. <laughs> How'd you come about those, man? Um, it's funny. A friend of mine um, 
collects defensive players, specifically linebackers, game-use cleats, and he's always searching them. And he came across a pair, and at the time, I didn't have the money to purchase them. And I told him, they're, they're fair game. You you can go ahead and get them, and I'll just be jealous. <laughs> and, and and he did. He, he bought them, and then about, I would say about a year later, he goes, would you be interested in buying one of the shoes? Oh. And I said, absolutely. So he sold me one of the shoes, and... I was extremely thrilled with that. And then a few months later, he goes, you want the other one? I said, definitely. So that's how I was able to acquire those. Very nice. That's very cool. It's nice that he was able to share. Yes. They're uh, directly from Clay with all his certification and whatnot. Um, So it's it's amazing that I have them. And I I just can't believe I have those. (laughs) But... uh, I also have a full-size custom autographed helmet mm. um, that I, I did through a private signing with him. And I have lots of 16 by 20 photos and canvases and whatnot of him that are signed. All right, so the guy that we had on last week, Mr. Tanner Jones, you might have heard of him, had a private signing. I know with, who Tanner is. <laughs> he had a private signing with Jose Cansego at his home. You're, you're not stalking Clay, are you? You're not trying to get to his house. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I don't think that would go too well. No, probably not. He's a some. big dude. That's a big dude, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. That's a real big dude. So, all right, let me ask you this. You live in Missouri. How, how did you become a Packers fan? Um, I'm from, I was originally born in the state of Iowa, which has no professional sports teams. That's right. So, um, whenever I, uh, growing up and everything, I was a baseball fan. That's what I played. Iowa and Cubs, I really didn't Iowa follow Cubs? football. There is the Iowa Cubs team, yes. Hmm. Uh, have not been to any of their games, but they were the Iowa Cubs. But um, I was always, it's funny, Tanner, Jose Canseco was my favorite player growing up. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, there was Jose Canseco, followed up by Alex Rodriguez, followed up by Ryan Braun, and all three of them have something very horrible in common. <laughs> oh man they all have the like, same doctor oh no <laughs> jeez like, no everybody i like but you pick, uh you pick some winners michael uh, when it when it came to uh the packers um my first job i was a uh cleanup guy at a grocery store and my manager at the time was a huge fan of football and he was a gambler and I didn't follow football, but he's like, hey, let's just bet a soda. And so we bet a soda every Sunday on a game. And he was a huge Packers fan, and he got me uh, into watching football, and I saw Brett Favre play. Okay. And after seeing Brett Favre play, I was hooked. And I'm like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. And that's how I became a Packers fan. That was back in uh, 1999. Very nice. I mean, how can you not be a Brett Favre fan? Right. I love watching Brett Favre. Just you know. don't get any text from him. Yeah, don't get any text from him. <laughs> and I don't like the jeans yeah, that he wears. that number. Yeah. yeah. I don't like the jeans he wears either, but that's okay. So uh, we, we, we announced this recently on a, uh, on a National Treasures break that Paul and I did. But I'm also a Closet Packers fan. You so um, you're not alone on this on this interview. I was a big Sterling Sharp guy. And, you know, Brett Favre, Sterling Sharp was an amazing thing. And uh, I always hate that Sterling's his career ended so early uh, on a, you know, he, he broke his neck for all intents he, and purposes. So. 
Yeah, he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory, just like Nick Collins. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's sad when careers end like that. Right. It, it, it really sucks. So, all right. What what's your goal for uh, for 2018? The rest of 2018. It's April, so you got a few more months here. What's your goal for the Clay Matthews collection? My goal by the end of the year is to have 100 Clay Matthews one ones. I'm currently sitting at 79, so it's feasible. Sure. It'll, it'll take a lot of work, but I would like to get to uh, 100. Okay. All right. Does it kill you knowing that there's boxes out there sitting on shelves that have Clay Matthew 101 cards in them, and you could go and buy one <laughs> and attempt <laughs> it? <laughs> Don't tempt the man. Don't tempt the man. The, the thing that drives me more crazy than that is looking at BGS population reports and seeing 101s out there that aren't in my boxes. Ah, that'll happen. That'll happen. So are, are you exactly. counting – do you count uh, – like printing plates, or are you counting those as unique, even though we're in the era where they're not so unique anymore? Correct, yes. There are printing plates in my collection. There are, I would say, I didn't count them individually, but there's probably 25 or so of those 79 are printing plates. Oh, wow. Um, okay. a, handful, a handful of them are autographed, um, either pack-pulled or two of my printing plates I sent off to private signings to have signed by Clay. Very nice. There Very you nice. go. That's That'll cool. That'll work. All right, man, we're up against it. we got to get out of here. But before we do, please let our listeners know uh, where they can find you on social media again and how they can send you a free Clay Matthews card because they love you so much. <laughs> well, you definitely don't have to send me anything free. <laughs> Just hit me up on any of my social media, and I will be happy to purchase things from you. Awesome. Um, but I am at this film, not yet rated. That's all one word, all lowercase, on Instagram and on YouTube. All right, guys, go find him. This film not yet rated. It sounds like a name a guy that used to work here in the building would use, but probably. But it's a it's a Michael Phillips thing, and it's a Clay Matthews thing. Uh, I've seen him out there. I've seen him. He's bought Clay Matthews from me. He's a good guy. I met him at the national. Help help him out. Yep, help him. He, he needs he needs what twenty one more cards. Twenty one more. Twenty one of ones. One of ones. We're gonna help. We're gonna help Michael get to twenty one by the end of twenty eighteen. We're gonna hope every box we open has a Clay Matthews in it. it that's it. You know what? <laughs> on our box buster. Any box busters we have that has a Clay Matthews one on one, it's going directly to you. There you go. That's fan freaking fantastic, guys. <laughs> I really appreciate you uh, having me on here. It's been a lot of fun. Thank <laughs> you very much. Thank you very much. You guys hang tight. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Adam Popple from Popple Sports, and you're listening to the Fat Pack. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break. And uh, right now, it's this is a real pleasure. Um, this young lady flew all the way down here from Canada just to be oh, with Actually, us. <laughs> to correct you, I rode my motorcycle. You rode your motorcycle. Even better. Even better. Mad props. She is the writer and the producer of uh, Diamond Girls. It's a wonderful play about the uh, the women of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. But this focuses on the Canadian aspect of it because uh, this – well, I'm going to let her tell her about the play. Maureen, please. Okay. So it's a one act, which is 65 minutes, one okay. woman show that tells the story of specifically three Saskatchewan women who played in the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. And uh, – but there are 21 characters in the play. So we have an actress rolling between uh, various characters, sometimes having as many as three uh, on 
quote, on stage at a time doing the dialogue between them. Wow. One person. <laughs> One person. Yeah, she's a fab- For 65 minutes. Ah, for 65 minutes. Yeah, That's it's amazing. A, it's an exhausting show because uh, she also plays ball. She swings a bat, runs. Um, now, does she pitch to herself? Uh, she to, actually, <laughs> how does that work Actually, exactly? none of, none of the, <laughs> the players were pitchers, but oh, she, okay. does, uh, she does play the role of Doris Sams, who played with the Muskegon Lassies and was a good friend of Arlene, one of the Canadian women. And so she does demonstrate um, the, the various pitches so oh, okay. that we can address the fact that um, in the movie A League of Their Own, they show women pitching overhand in the first year, which didn't happen. They never pitched overhand till 48. So she shows the sidearm, the you know mm. the various other okay. uh, softball pitches that they did. Wow. So you wrote this. Yeah. Why? What, 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 were you a big historian of the league? Would, did, um, did it just you know what? I'm a huge fan of the movie. Okay. You know, I've seen A League of Their Own countless times. Um, mainly just because I saw an article about Mary Baker, who is the main character in my play. Uh, she played in the league for nine years and was the character, or the yeah, she she was the person that the Gina Davis character was based on. And there, a lot of people will tell you it's this character or this 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 person or this person, but really Mary was the most publicized person in the league. She was a phenomenal catcher, uh, two-time All-Star, absolutely gorgeous, and the, the media loved her. So I saw an article about her, and I I had I didn't know a lot about her, and when I started doing the research, uh, when I found out there were twenty-five. Saskatchewan women who played out of 64 Canadians. I thought that was a pretty, uh, pretty interesting statistic. So I decided to look more into it. It's um, that isn't that's why actually why I wanted to speak to you today because uh, there that's a lot of Canadians in the league that it, a lot of, maybe the history is not told. Uh, <clears throat> it is, and, and I'm not I'm not trying to underplay the role of the American women. I mean, there were phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, American girls that played. But, you know, Saskatchewan is a very, very small province, um, small population. And in the first year of the league, uh, 1943, they only took 60 women, and seven of them were from Saskatchewan. So I think that's pretty outstanding. Yeah, it's like 12% of the league. (laughs) That's That's insane. Mm -hmm. Paul's here because he's my math guy. That's my math (laughs) guy. But at the time, softball was huge in Saskatchewan. It was, you know... Uh, there were phenomenal players playing softball, and they got scouted. And I, I think that if they got scouted and sent down to Chicago, they made a team. So sweet. That's uh, that's that's really cool that that happened in such a, a large percentage of from Saskatchewan. That's really cool. So tell us about tell us about the uh, the, the actress. Tell her tell us a little bit about her. Well, Amanda is not a ball player. Um, she's actually a dancer, singer, actress. Uh, but and it, it takes a lot of courage to take on a role like this. So we we have offered it to other women who have looked at and went um no I think I I think I like my part-time job and Mm -hmm. I and I don't think I can I can invest all this time into learning all these roles but uh she she put on her big girl panties and she (laughs) she took on she took this on and uh she's actually not the actress who originated it Malia Becker did it for us two years ago but has moved on to other things had a baby last year so uh we offered it to Amanda and she took it and our plan with with the show is to is to travel with it as much as possible. Sure. So uh, yeah, we were just in Australia with it, and Amanda just you know 
blew the doors off. She just did a phenomenal job uh, all- down there performing in front of Australian audiences. That's awesome. So where, what's next from Australia? Where are you going to? Uh, well, actually, we have a couple of opportunities to perform it in uh, in Saskatchewan. One of, the, one of them is in the hometown of Arlene Johnson, uh, oh, one nice. of the players we talk about. She passed away, actually, a year ago. Oh. But it, it is a great honor uh, to do it in her hometown. And we've also had some interest from the Cincinnati Reds Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. Huh. Uh, to bring the show there. Uh, the the curator there, Rick Wells, saw the show. We did it two years ago in Canada at a international sports heritage conference. And he saw it there and asked if we'd like to come to Cincinnati. So we're Very really excited nice. about that. So you, hopefully that will happen in September. Um, if that does happen, please let us know. We happen to be very good friends with an artist who does art for the Cincinnati Reds wow. Hall of Fame. Wow. And he... His name is Brent Naughton. He, he's done our artwork. I'm looking around. I can't see any in here right okay. now. Okay. Yeah, it's at but my desk. It's at your desk. <laughs> okay. Uh, he, yeah, he's done He's done pieces for us. He's doing a piece for us right now. But he profiles all, most of the artwork in the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame is his. Oh, and he, fantastic. I, I, yep, there you go. Um, he would definitely love probably to be a part of this in some oh. way because he loves baseball. Okay, for uh, sure. Brent, if you're listening to this, uh, we will email you because uh, we have some stuff to talk about. Okay. So um, Australia, that that was cool. You were, telling, you were telling us that you were feeding kangaroos out of your hand. Can you recount that for our listeners? Oh, well... Um. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it sounds amazing, and I and and it was. Um, you travel to this this park. It's called Cleland Conservation Park, and uh, I went by myself. And uh, it was a little later in the day, so it was a little warm. It was mm-hmm. about three in the afternoon, and uh, it, I, I had expected that the kangaroos would be in cages, but they're not. It is a wildlife park, so oh, okay. it's a very large enclosure in which they can roam about freely. But because it was the late afternoon, they were just lazing about. And I open the door to this enclosure and walk in. I'm by myself. Mm. And there are, there are hundreds of kangaroos. So I approach one very timidly. There are signs showing you how to feed them, much like you would feed like a horse with a flat palm. And they, they give you food to feed them. And uh, I approached a couple of kangaroos, and they looked at me kind of drowsily and like they've been overfed by other tourists such as myself. But eventually <laughs> um, they did eat from my hand, much like rabbits. So it, it, was, it was a pleasure. It was a lot more fun feeding the kangaroos than feeding the giant emu. Uh. That was also following me about. <laughs> who's as tall as I am? Wow, the em- emus are—they're mean. Yeah, those yeah, are the, mean characters. Yeah. Look, think of their name. Yeah, that's true. That alone, you just stay away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I want to share with you a funny Australian story. Okay. Um, first time I ever went to Toronto. It was in November, and it was dumping snow. <laughs> okay. Oops, surprise! Surprise! Right. So we're leaving Toronto, and uh, I am in a three-person row on the plane and I'm by myself and then two beautiful Australian women come and ah. sit beside me. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty nice, you know, right? So uh, at this moment, de-icing of the plane is happening and they've never seen this because they've never of seen course. snow. <laughs> and uh, one of them says, uh, w- what are they doing? I said, well, they got to put this on the plane so we don't die. And she said, really? I said, Yes, she said, well, the only thing they do in Australia is make sure there's no kangaroos on the runway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and th- then it was a great flight. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It was, it was a great flight. So tell us, uh, tell us a little bit more about this play. It, you said it's 65 minutes. She, yep. she does all 21 characters. Yeah. So 
that's like a, like a workout, really, isn't it? I mean, it is. It is. Um, and she she rolls between these characters. Um, I, I have to mention our, our director Ken McLeod, okay, um, who directed uh, the first the first uh, version of Diamond Girls, and then uh, worked with Amanda on this one. He's a phenomenal director, and he has the ability to um, help you visualize these other characters when they're not there. So Amanda will look. As, as she's, say, in the, in the scene where she's playing Mary Baker, talking to Fred Leo about the d- demise of the league, Fred being the, the league president, mm-hmm. she'll, watch, she'll watch Fred walk past her. And then when she stands oh, up wow. to become Fred, you know that he was standing over there. And actually, um, probably one of the, the greatest compliments um, that Amanda had was uh, someone had seen the show and was talking about it and was talking about all the characters were in it. And then someone said, well, you realize there was only one actress. Really? Oh, wow. Because when you when you think about the play, you think about all the people you saw sure. mm-hmm. in your mind's eye, uh, not just the one lady on stage. That's... That, you I'm, know, st- I'm, spelled, I'm stunned, man. Yeah, That's awesome. I wish I've never seen anything quite like that, honestly. I, I wish this was in Toronto when we were going to be up well, there. Well, we, yeah, <laughs> we, were, we were in Toronto. We did take the show there and did a couple of shows there two years ago. Um, so I don't know that we'll be going back there. But you never know, you know? If someone calls us, we'll go anywhere. Awesome. Uh, have, do you have a favorite character? In, in, I mean, you wrote um, it, so... I mean. <laughs> you know, I... Oh, well, I do love I do love Mary, uh, the main character. But um, actually, probably one of our favorites um, in both shows is Muriel. Although Amanda does Muriel differently than Malia did Muriel. Okay. Uh, Muriel only appears in in one scene, and uh, Muriel Coben was a phenomenal pitcher. I, I seem to be using the word phenomenal a lot. So she was a terrific pitcher from uh, Saskatchewan softball pitcher who did not do well uh, down in down in the, the All American Girls. She never could make the adjustment. Um, but uh, she was very, very homesick. And the only reason why she came down to Chicago was because her catcher, uh, Lou, Lou Sella McLean, came with her. Mm-hmm. So the way that Malia played her was, was quite different. She kind of did it sort of like a Marilyn Monroe, kind of a breathy sort of a voice. Okay. But the way that Amanda does Muriel, um, she's kind of more like Marl Hooch. Okay. Uh, from the movie A League of Their Own, she's kind of like, you know, like this. And uh, when the later on, when the charm school instructor is, you know, discussing with the girls the rules of conduct, and she mentions something about you need hair remover, she looks right at Muriel. So you get the impression, oh, she's probably got a unibrow. And, uh, and uh, no, I nice. love the way um, Amanda does that particular character. That's great. Now, as all this is going on, what's the backdrop like? Do they well, do they change the backdrop? Um, or is it, how for, does that work? Oh uh, no, we don't. Uh, there is okay. really no time for that. So okay. uh, we have three banners that depict each of the three women. There's Daisy, and then Mary, and uh, Arlene, and they're just basically your your Vista print banner. I just okay. took photographs and sent them and had them blown up. So we we built the show this time around to be very very portable. So uh, when we traveled to Australia, everything went into a hockey bag, including an IKEA bench. Which we could take apart <laughs> nice. and put back, and put together, back together again, nice. and the bat, uh, which is too long to go into conventional luggage. So, and of course, none of that arrived our, with the the rest of the show when we got to Australia. That of was the one not. bag that probably never left Regina on time, and we were a little stressed about it, but it did get there in time for the show. That's that's awesome. That is literally a one man one bag mm-hmm. show. Yep. Exactly. Yep. One or woman. I'm one, sorry. One well, yeah, that's why. I'm, that's why. I'm, yeah, but yes. So uh, I'm I'm looking through uh, the roster here. Amanda is beautiful. She is, she is a beautiful girl. Yes, yeah, she is. And then Ken looks like he's 
he went to Vegas. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Ken is actually a clown. Oh, really? Yeah, professionally. He's, oh, I see right here. Yeah, yes. he's uh, he does clowns. So uh, clowns have a great sense of character. Yes. Um, and he is he is an amazing director because, as I said, it's 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 frightening. Uh, sometimes you know both actresses I think went into it. Uh, maybe not understanding just exactly how demanding it would be to get this up to to speed in two weeks, mm-hmm. oh, wow. right? So okay, it's not like this. Weeks. They, I mean, they do see the script ahead of time, but um, I'm, you know, Ken does a great job of bringing them along slowly, of building them up, and and making them feel like yes, you can do this, and yes, you can succeed, and uh, and you can't. It's not like you can break and go. Okay, now I'm going to work with so and so on their part. Sure. Right? Because sure. that's the only performer. Right. <laughs> yeah. That is intense. It's good stuff. So are you guys doing two shows a day? Like, is there a matinee and, and, a, and an evening show? Um, I, would, I would never ask her to do the show twice okay. in a day. So that, just that's <laughs> just, you know, I've, we've had a few uh, um, different towns or whatever contact us and say, yeah, we'd like her to do two. And it's just like, well, that that's just too much. Sure. Um, and and when we were in Australia, she she was one tired puppy after she did the show. She, of course, she did stay out and, right. and go to a few shows and have a few <laughs> drinks or whatever. But the next day, she was just you know, uh, like down and on the down and low to to get back up to speed because it takes a lot of energy. Of course. And and concentration. How, now, how authentic are the costumes to the time period? I'm 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 not I'm assuming they're not real. Uh, no, oh no, but, you'd, but you'd never find it. Yeah, you'd you would nev- never find that, right? <laughs> um, they are, well, it's definitely a newer material. It's okay. a synthetic, so it breathes really well and, and it moves really well. Um, we picked the color red this time uh, just because it looked really good on, on Amanda. Okay. And uh, then we ended up, oh, we had a couple of faux pas where, you know, the original seamstress didn't have it. She made the sleeves too small and then we couldn't find the same material. So then we ended up adding on black sleeves. I see. And then we just really like the look of it. So uh, then it becomes very Canadian. Like for going to Australia, <laughs> we have the red and the black, and then we have a twenty-five, a white 25 on the sleeve for the Saskatchewan girls. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was wearing a Rawlings belt. And uh, I picked up the glove at a, a used sports store. Okay. And it's a rolling bat. Youth, yeah. youth size, which is just an, a nice weight. Right. For a woman, swings really well, so... Very nice. Now, I'm, I was reading here, too. You've written some hockey books as well. I have. So tell us about those three books. Um, I, I wrote, like, my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter played hockey. Okay. Um, uh, up into university, actually had coached some university hockey as well. And um, so I've always loved the sport. So I wrote uh, a trilogy, which we call the Jesse Mack series, that's about uh, girls hockey in Saskatchewan. And my main character encounters sort of a different teen issue also. So the first book deals with bullying, mm. uh, power mm. plays, and the second book deals with teen binge drinking, okay. uh, which still seems to be a huge, huge issue and in Face Off. And then the last one, Breakaway, deals with dating. With dating. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, Finding the, the right guy. Uh, this is your, if I had a, had a daughter, I would have her read these things. Oh, Absolutely. you should. Yeah. You should. Absolutely. Yeah. Does, do they translate well for uh, young men as well? I think so. I, I, you know, I've had um, parents tell me. I had one mother tell me. I read. I read all three books with with her son. Her son wasn't that wild about reading, mm-hmm. but she said it gave them so many occasions to have conversations okay. about about girls and about you know about how to handle yourself in different situations. Of course. Yeah. That, that that's important. Um, mm-hmm. Paul and I always talk about getting kids involved back into the hobby mm-hmm. and uh, collecting and having fun, but. 
more importantly, it's about those moments with your kids that you can, they're teachable moments. And these books look like they provide that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, well, I hope and so. They're still sports incorporated. Yeah, you know? yeah absolutely. That's, that's awesome. Is is youth hockey a big thing in Saskatchewan for uh, young oh, females? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> she just, yeah. yep. yep so did you, did you play any hockey? I did not. You no. did not? Okay. No, I did not. I, I actually grew up in Calgary. Um, my brother played hockey. I was never, I've never really was much of an athlete, um, but I sure love to watch. I'm a huge fan of the game. Um, obviously, like a, watching baseball I, I love the expos love gary carter oh yeah back in the day i mean i i he sent me a signed card <laughs> when i wrote him one time wow. um so yeah I, I love baseball and and my husband played ball and so i spent a lot of time i've spent a lot of time at rinks and ball diamonds over the years so uh you said you you grew up in calgary mm-hmm. so i'm i was telling you off air that we go to Toronto twice a year, and then I was I was stationed outside of Seattle, and I used to go up to Vancouver. It is night and day difference between the city of Toronto and the city of Vancouver, and I'm assuming it's like that across the whole country because oh. it's so massive. It's, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Calgary actually driving into uh, towards Fort Worth yesterday is is almost like coming into Calgary from from the west. Okay. Like sort of like the foothills. It's just that there's no mountains in the background. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. Calgary <laughs> has got oodles of space. So it's just spread out. You can just drive forever. It's the uh, they call it Cowtown, right? Yep. Yeah. Just yep. like they call Fort Worth. Yeah, you Cal- need to, Cal-town you need, to, you need yeah. to be there sometime for the Stampede. It is a crazy the time. Stampede. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been invited to Edmonton. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've never been up there, but we've been invited. Hopefully, uh, that would work out in the future. Uh, but I love Toronto. I think tro- I, Paul loves Toronto too. I yeah, think. man. So, and uh, we love the atmosphere up there. We love the hockey. We love the, how passionate they are about their sports and collecting. And I, I'm going to go back and ask you, were, did they enjoy this in Toronto? Did it get good reviews there? Um, you know what? We had a very – we had a – pretty small crowd in Toronto. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Well, you know what? I did, it was more or less an opportunity to go there and perform. And just, I knew that uh, both my my actress and my uh, stage manager at that time had friends in Toronto. Okay. And actually, uh, Malia had gone to school there. So she had a lot of friends. And so it was like, hey, why don't we take the show there? So your people out there have a chance to see it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so sense. it wasn't like we were going out there looking for a big audience. But we did have... Um, we did have some uh, s- some people there who were. One of the guys was was the CFO of the Ontario Teachers uh, Pension Plan. So he's a pretty big wheel. Yeah. He loved the show. We went for supper afterwards with him, and that's all he could talk about. He just kept coming back to it. Like we talk about other stuff, and then he'd come back to something else in the show. And uh, as a, as a writer, that is what you strive for: is to mm. produce something that people afterwards. Are, are entranced with and want to talk about and want to go home and Google stuff and look up more stuff about it. Sure. Um, not something they go, okay, well, we saw that. Now let's go have dessert and, you know, kind <laughs> right. of forget what we want to see it. next week. You want, yeah. you want an emotional reaction. You want an intellectual reaction. Um, yeah, so, so it was well received. Awesome. We're, we're a collectibles podcast. That's Paul's line. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's usually my line. Yeah. Um, <laughs> As you were writing this and learning more about the history of it, did you find yourself? Did you maybe pick up a piece of of, of this league from here or there? Or? Um, I have uh, a signed card from Arlene Johnson. She Very gave it cool. to me the first time that um, that I interviewed her. Oh, nice! And uh, so, so the, the a lot of the women have passed away. You know, every every day on the. Um, on the Twitter feed from the All American Girls, there's like you know another one who's moved on. Sure. So there there aren't many of them left. So those collectibles, 
because they did a number of them. Someone, some woman produced the baseball cards, and then we mm-hmm. you know the the women would sign them. So those are really becoming they really quite are, precious, yeah. mm-hmm. for sure. Especially with, like you're saying, uh, unfortunately, with the, the ladies passing away, you know, they're becoming harder and harder to get those signatures. Not like Bob Feller who signed everything. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's right. it's it's tough. So, uh, and it's a it's a part of collecting that. Yeah, as you know, it's collecting seems so male dominated, but there are a lot of women on cards that are just as popular and if not just as expensive and collectible as really the men. Oh, oh of course yes <laughs> of course hmm. yeah. that's nice to know yes yep. um without a doubt. i mean especially some of the even some of the star wars characters alone yeah. you know i've um some of those those ladies have definitely held their daisy own ridley, yeah. yeah daisy ridley holds her own against any of those guys She's that wow. uh, that uh that they've produced it's so. not it's not around anymore but uh brian price he used to own a company called in the game and uh he was based just outside of Toronto, and most of his sets of cards that he made focused on uh, Canadian aspects of of either hockey, baseball. Oh. And he had a really cool set called uh, Canadian Screen Queens, and they were all Canadian actresses who had uh, who made it to the silver screen. Wow! Yeah, hmm. it was really cool. Um, he is he's got his own company. Another he's got another card venture now called uh, President's Choice. Oh, okay. Cards and they are very very high end. In fact, you can't even buy them in packs. You have to go to his website and, oh. buy, and buy them buy directly. Stuff. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so uh, that's that's interesting. So uh, what's next? What's coming? Are you are, are you taking a break here? Are you are you writing something new or? Um, I'm actually yes. I'm working on a two man show. Okay. There we go. Um, All right. One two. Yeah. We're there good. Go. There we go. That's why um, she's here. Called the Lords of Scepter, and it's about my dad's hometown in Saskatchewan. Uh, okay. The late late forties, early fifties was the golden era of baseball in Saskatchewan. So Scepter was a town of less than 200 people, and they had a team that won a Western Canadian championship and was supposed to go to Kansas to play in a North American championship, but they didn't go. They didn't go? Why not? You know why? Why? Because it was time to get on the combine. Oh, Oh, wow. And harvest, which I think is... You know, maybe it seems, anti- well, maybe that's anticlimactic, but I think, you know, like really, when it comes right down to it, most of the guys were farmers, and uh. that was that was the number one priority. So there was sort of this, like, wow, you know, like, we could have gone to Japan for worlds, but hmm, they didn't. We'll take care of our families. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, my dad is from that town. Uh, he didn't actually play on that team, but uh, Bert Olmsted. Not sure if you're familiar with that okay. name. NHL star played on the team. Jimmy Shields was a world champion curler. Okay. He was also from Scepter. And then they had a couple of guys from the Negro Leagues that played. Uh, Hal Price. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I know that name. Chet Brewer was with the team briefly. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a it's a fascinating story. I was going to bring up the Negro Leagues because I read somewhere like in the last couple of months about how many how much easier it was for African American players to play in Canada mm-hmm. against here in America. I mean, yep. it, was, uh, it was an interesting history, and uh, I, I wanted to delve more into it. So uh, that was really cool. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a nice mention there for, the, uh, for that community. It's awesome. All right, uh, we're going to get you out of here. You're, the people that dropped you off went to go eat, and I feel bad. No, <laughs> no, that's okay. This was cool. That's awesome. Right. So before you go, is there any uh, websites or anything that you can direct our listeners to? We have a lot of baseball fans that listen to this podcast that may they can go and, and check you out and see where you're going to be next or 
maybe pick up do you guys do t-shirts or anything like that for your show or anything uh, like that we, you know we actually don't but okay uh, uh, we do have some t-shirts but i mean we just use them for motion for promotion down in down in adelaide okay. so yeah if they want to buy a used t-shirt like yeah we'll uh we'll autograph it there you go. um our uh our website is menagerie pro dot weebly.com mm-hmm. which i yeah that's a that's maybe i should pick something a little bit simpler but you know if if you google diamond girls mm-hmm. um saskatchewan will probably come up okay that's that's what i i googled diamond girls perfect and that's how i got to the website well, there yeah. we go all right yeah because you can get some other interesting stuff uh just diamond girls mm-hmm. um yeah, which has nothing yeah. to do with baseball <laughs> yeah i can imagine or empowering women but um anyway but that's why i'm meeting with hr later on <laughs> uh, that's awesome. so also want to mention team brown apparel uh, uh, if you guys are interested in the All American All American Girls Baseball League, Professional Baseball League, go check out Team Brown too. They have a, a team shirt from pretty much all the teams there. Yeah, okay, perfect. Stuff like that. Uh, please go do that, Maureen. This has been a, a great fun. Thank you for driving all the way down here from Calgary on your <laughs> bike. I'm Saskatchewan to to see us. Yeah, you're welcome. My <laughs> that, pleasure. That's awesome. And uh, go Jays. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> all right, guys, you hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Chris from Slipknot. You're listening to Fat Pat. Boom. Back to back with Michael Phillips and Maureen Ulrich. One super collector, one super lady. Is that cheesy super? Super, super. Super, super. Man, first of all, let's talk about uh, the, pa- the the Clay Matthews thing. He's got 79 one-on-ones. He's looking for 21 more by the end of the year to top it off at 100. Is it doable? I think it's doable. I mean, there'll there'll be at least twenty one more products that come out, so sure. I have at least one one of one in each of those products. So that's I guess right. That's possible. Um, I think so. He seems pretty connected, and pretty committed. Sure. So I think he's got a lot of people looking out for him. So that that goes a long way for these super collectors finding the uh, the items they need. Surprisingly, and I we both hit on this was that. He'd only opened two boxes of, of hobby product. Dude, I'm calling him out on that. Yeah? I don't know. I don't know, man. I feel like I need to call him out on that. <laughs> That's, you know, we open a lot of product here in the office, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I, I kind of get my fix from that. But if I weren't doing this, I'd feel like I would need to, to open some boxes. Some boxes, yeah. right? Yep. So, um, yeah, but he's got an, he's got an impressive collection. He's uh, Guys look helping him out all over social media. He's looking for those uh it was Clay Matthews, so help him out there. See him at the National. I'm sure he'll be walking around the National in Cleveland. It's not it's not far from Missouri. Not that bad. So that's that one. Then Maureen, what, what can you say, man? She's just she's an author of four books now. Yep. And working on a fifth. Yep. Um, a producer of this play. Guys, go check. I'm, I'm I don't remember the uh, website off the top of my head, but, but check it out. Yeah, man. Go, I mean, go to Google and and Google Dream Girls baseball play. Don't just yeah. Um, make I'm, sure you put baseball. I said in diamond, diamond diamond girls, yeah, not diamond Dream girls. girls. Don't <laughs> don't Google Dream Girls. <laughs> don't do that at all. Uh, go to go to Google and uh, type in Diamond Girls baseball play in your Google machine and. Check it out. It's, yeah. a, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of history there. The website does a good job of breaking down the, the characters that she's playing or the, the women that she's playing. 21. 21 different ladies. And this and the young lady that's playing all of them, I believe her name is Amanda. She's a, a, a strikingly beautiful young lady. Yep. And she's doing these 21 different parts. Unreal. In an hour and 
what? 65 minutes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my goodness. 65 minutes. So good stuff. I can't wait to, to hopefully catch that play someday. Hopefully it'll be somewhere where, where we are and uh, we can go check it out. Well, she said she might be going, they might be going to Cincinnati. So yeah, that'll work. I don't, I, mean, I don't know anybody in Cincinnati, but I'll take a road trip. There you go. That'll work. <laughs> that, uh, so that's happening. Go check both of those things out, uh, Michael and uh, Diamond Girls, and just let us know your thoughts on them. All right. Let's get into this Animal Kingdom story to to jump off Beckett Whatevs. Wow, we're going right into it. You, you, you got to jump into it because that's what this dumbass did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> again, Paul, Paul and I had some reservations about sharing this story, but the fact that the dude lived was the only reason that we could, I think that we could come up with this yes and well we didn't come up with it <laughs> it's i don't think anybody could come up with this this is the dumbest thing paul and i both heard this on the radio yesterday just i don't what possesses people to do stuff like this i don't know uh, point, um, point eight, 1.3 alcohol levels yeah something like that brought to you by uh msn news jamie pyatt there's our there's a couple different uh, outlets out there for this uh, drunk wedding guest jumps out of window into crocodile pool as horrified <laughs> guests see his arm ripped off okay so things you don't do at a wedding yeah i mean that's we've all seen wedding crashers right but that's yeah that's a little i don't know man that's kind of crazy a drunken wedding guest was left bloodied and dismembered after he jumped into a crocodile pool and had a and had an arm ripped off by the man-eaters while his head was clamped into their jaws. Okay, so first things first, dude survived. But the only reason he survived, Paul, was because his arm was ripped off. Right, because that allowed the distraction for the the three crocodiles to go. Right. Yeah. I don't feel sorry for this guy at all. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to feel sorry for him as long as he wasn't pushed out the window. Yeah, as long as he wasn't pushed. (laughs) Right. That's that's like his lone standing, right? Yep. Uh, Colin Miller, 21, had inexplicably decided to break into a crocodile cage at a Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe, South Africa, whilst out boozing. Okay. Incredibly, he escaped with his life after the three crocodiles released the blood-soaked tourist to fight over his torn-off arm, allowing a co-worker... And I'm sorry, allowing a worker and another man to drag the tourists to safety. The Zimbabwe Chronicle reported that the drama happened when the group reached a brewery that had a crocodile pond on the premises. Eyewitnesses said that Mr. Miller repeatedly, oh, reputedly the worst, the worst for wear, went into the kitchen at the Victoria Falls River Brewing Company and jumped out a window. He then climbed over a perimeter fence into the brewery's crocodile pond. The three crocodiles were in the pool at the time when the wedding guest is said to have taken off his shirt and jumped in. Terrified onlookers said the crocodiles went into a feeding frenzy with one reptile ripping off Colin's arm and another clamping its jaws around his head and shaking. Fortunately for for Miller, the crocodile that had his head was said to have let go and chased after the crocodile with the arm following the two brave rescues, allowing the two brave rescues to grab him. All right. Mr. Miller, you, sir, are a dumb ass. I don't know. I, there's no other way to say that. He's who get who gets uh, drunk and go. I mean, I, I, people do stupid things when they get drunk, right? They do, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I've never been drunk. I don't yeah. know, but I've seen my dad drunk plenty of times. Right? He did. He did stupid stuff. Yeah, we've been around enough, enough people that do stupid stuff. That's... Jumping into a crocodile pool is never an option. Yeah, it seems like a really bad option for <laughs> for anything. Um. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. That I still just dumbfounded by the whole thing. And the fact that the craziest part about that is the fact that if he hadn't lost his arm, he would have lost his life. Yeah, and that's yeah, kind of yeah. that's kind of crazy um, that that happened like that. And hey, man, you know, like the like the one guy said, they had to hire. You know, they, they they're still looking into it. They had to hire a bunch of investigators. Mm. Paul, I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> to go look into the, into the situation. So once the uh, Maybe they'll find out some more. Yeah. But um, so that's the Animal Kingdom. There's story. actually a video. Yeah, there's a video. Uh, I'm not going to recommend you go watch it. You yeah, can if you want to. Video. Yeah. But uh, it's just stupid. Just yeah. stupid. That is bad. I don't. I don't know how else to explain that. All right. Basketball season is over. Playoffs start very soon. They do. And something happened last night that never has never happened in the NBA history. Russell, we, did, we didn't know anybody in the Mavs. Uh, that was, game. That, that was Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that was Tuesday. <laughs> Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double for two seasons in a row. First time ever wow. that someone's done it for two seasons. He needed 30, 34 or 36 rebounds in his last two games, and he got them. Wow. Uh, that's, that's ridiculous, right? He needed, it is kind of crazy. He needed 12 assists and 34 rebounds, and he got them. But <laughs> you just stand under the basket both games? <laughs> you, there are literal pictures of him boxing out his own teammates to get rebounds. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. It's Russell Westbrook, right? He's he's kind of a he's kind of a me-first guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's crazy that he, he was able to, to average a triple-double for two seasons in a row. Um, of course, he did it last season, and everybody was in awe, and then he does it this season, and no one really cares. No, there's, <laughs> there's just a lot of other things going on in the NBA right now. I think that uh, it definitely got overshadowed, so... That's unfortunate. But, yeah, what good feat. Kudos to him, even if you took it from your own players. Uh, Markel Fultz is apparently just the greatest thing since Slash Bread. He became the youngest player to to get a triple-double yep. in the NBA history, uh, yeah. history of the NBA. Why do I keep saying the NBA history? In the history of the NBA, he became the youngest player to, to get a triple-double. Uh, those Sixers look for real. I know with Fultz hitting on all levels yep. now, he's got fresh legs. You know, hadn't played all year just the last couple of weeks, and – that's a little scary. Yeah. It's a little scary. LeBron, watch out. I I you know, everybody's everybody's really wanting that that I don't know if everybody's really wanting, but you know, the purist I guess were are wanting that that matchup again, that Cleveland Warriors matchup. I don't want that. I don't want the Sixers just want, to take it. Yeah, I want somebody else to take yeah, it. So I mean, it's unfortunate with the Kyrie injury that really hurts the Celtics. Right. I don't know if they're going to have enough to, 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 to go blow to blow with Cleveland, but maybe the Sixers just get hot and just be yeah. just, you know, on fire and maybe I, can ride the wave. I do want to see I do want to see Cleveland Philadelphia in the what in the East East Finals. That would be good. I I would my my dream matchup for the finals though is going to be Houston Philadelphia. I want to see that. That's what I want to pull for and Shout out to San Antonio, 21 straight years of the playoffs. That's consistency. That is consistency. They squeaked it in, too. Man, <laughs> they sure they did. had such an awful uh, up-and-down season this year, you know, with the Kawhi Leonard and whatnot. So, And who the hell's on that team? Exactly. <laughs> <It's>, exactly. <laughs> that's all coaching, man. Yeah, that is. That's, no, that's all, all coaching. That's yeah. all pop. He's always been able to get the most out of everybody that's played for him. And, um Hey, kudos to him. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. And then switch over to hockey right now. Uh, playoffs have started. You're. Oh, I'm sorry. One one more basketball thing. Right, go back. Go back. Uh, first round. Don't sleep on this matchup. Wizards 
Raptors. That's going to be a good series. It is going to be a good series. I yeah. mean, I think the Wizards have can match up just as well with the Raptors, and it could definitely be an upset. Although I'm a Washington fan my whole life, and I don't expect these things to happen, <laughs> um, especially when it comes to the Wizards or the Capitals. So, anyway, let's go wall. All right, let's let's go talk about uh, the NHL playoffs that have started. Um, hey, again, did, Caps was a Caps Blue Jackets, right? Yep, yep, Caps Blue Jackets. So uh, I know uh, Matt's already talking some smack uh, to me. Uh, through email and through Matt other is, things. I don't know why Matt thinks he needs to do that. The Blue Jackets have never won a playoff series. So. The, well, in, in the in the uh, Capitals never won a convincing playoff series. Right. So <laughs> it could probably go seven games. I'm not going to lie to you. It, yeah, it really could. Um, <laughs> the, it could. Hey, did um, did um, who did did Pittsburgh play somebody last night? Were they playing a high school team uh. last night? <laughs> Um, I'm just not sure where they. Was there another team on God, the? It was it was a five nothing after one, and yeah. it was just they ended they ended there. The final score was seven nothing. Yeah, just beat them by a touchdown. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, so they're playing Philly. Winnipeg is playing Minnesota, and the Vegas Knights won their first playoff game one nothing over the Kings. Boom. They're 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 rolled to the Stanley Cup. You like Cup them, finals. don't you? It's you know what? It's hard not to pull for them. Right. It's hard. It, it it's an exciting story. It's fun to watch. A lot of other GMs are going to have some answering to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. If That's a Vegas good point. if Vegas wins this, That's a good point. So, uh, first game tonight, game one tonight for Columbus, Washington, Toronto, Boston, and uh, the Devils and the Lightning. That should be coming up tonight for on your on your docket there for you to be paying attention to. Speaking of hockey. The sports card expo is around the corner. I know, man. It's coming up quick. And we got we got some hockey card giveaways for you guys. Again, if you go order that ticket or order that shirt from um, the Jaywalk, that'll automatically get you a winner. Yep. And then we have a few more to give away. And then we uh, yesterday, I was going through our old Peachy Platinum hits, and I got throw some of those in there too. All right. All right. There might be a product or two out before then too, so you might actually have some other stuff. So yeah, yeah. this should be a. a lot of fun up there. Looking forward to it. That guest, that autograph guest list is is pretty deep. But you know the, the three big names, Bobby Orr, Joe Montana, and Cal Ripken Jr. will cost you a pretty penny. They will. They will. But uh, hey, man, they're definitely worth it. They are definitely, definitely worth it. Paul, do you want to talk about anything? I'm just rambling here. You're just <laughs> you're just rambling. Um, you, you, I don't know, man. I mean, there's not there's not too much going on. I mean, we've got um, you know some hobby news, obviously. Uh, National Treasures basketball got pushed back uh, a little bit. Got oh, pushed did back it? A week. I, didn't, I didn't know that. It's uh, back to May 2nd now. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, the stuff, you know, normally comes out at $500 a box or something like that. And people are sold out at like almost $1,000 a box. So are that stuff serious? is just on fire. and It's not even out yet. Um, so I do know that Monster Breaks has secured a bunch of cases. So if you're looking for it, definitely go there. Check them out. They will have it um, in stock and ready for you to break. Um, but yeah, that stuff is going to be, I think it might be something we haven't seen before in a long time. Um, and they have to kind of keep up, you know, keep up with the Otani chase right now. Cause that's something I haven't seen. That's gonna That could be bigger than judge Bellinger last year, just Otani by himself. Right. And, um, it's, it's exciting to see, um, the momentum that baseball cards, the baseball industry had last year is really just hasn't even dropped off with this Otani thing. So, and, uh, Bowman baseball is coming out right around the corner. Um, which are going to feature the Otani Bowman Chrome Autos for the for the first time. He'll have a Bowman Chrome Auto. Uh, he'll have one signed in um, English. 
Okay. And one signed in Japanese. It'll be some kind of short print. Don't know all the details on that yet. I don't know if they've released that stuff yet on how they'll be distributed and their print runs and all that kind of stuff. But that's going to be some stuff that, um, you know, between Bowman coming out and uh, National Treasures Basketball, there's some, some heavy hitters come out in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. All right. This is how we're going to end the show. Uh, we, Beckett, we, Beckett has teamed up with Tops, and we are doing 30 teams in 30 weeks where we are going to run down. We're not running anything. We're not, we're not running anything down. Uh, but uh, we're going to run down the best starting lineups baseball card-wise. Okay, okay. I like it. I like um, it. And then, well, they're going to do that, and then you and I are going to debate them. <laughs> That's fine. We can debate away. Yeah, we, we, so, yeah. uh, I'm all about it, man. I've sat in a couple of those meetings or at least heard, heard of the chatter around the office. Mm-hmm. So I thought it's a good idea. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it, it has potential to be huge, actually. What it does, there's cause it'll be cause for a lot of conversation, for sure. And and to think about people like Aubrey Huff, who you haven't thought about in yeah, exactly. probably like ten years. So we're going to start <laughs> with team number thirty here. So each team will be there will be a team released every week to get us through the baseball season. Um, Tampa Bay Rays is number thirty. Okay, and I mean rightfully so. Yeah, right? yeah. Their their tradition with cards is is you know less yeah. than less than the rest of them. All right, so let's let's go through this lineup. All right, let's do it. Catcher Toby Hall. Okay, I don't know who Toby Hall is. Yeah, all right. Uh, <laughs> first base Carlos Pena. All right. Second base Ben Zorbrist. Oh, okay. He's still he's still playing. Is he still playing? He's still around. Or did he retire? I think he's around. All right, uh, all right. Shortstop Julio Lugo. Okay, Lugo. Lugo. Uh, third base obvious choice. Evan Longoria. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Left field, obvious choice, Carl Crawford. Okay. Center field, obvious choice, Melvin Upton. That's BJ Upton for you guys that uh, aren't following the Uptons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the new reality show. Follow the Uptons. Uh, right field, Aubrey Huff as uh, the aforementioned. Yes. By Paul. Starting pitcher. I, I don't even think this is debatable, starting pitcher-wise. David Price. I, I think that's... That's not a bad lineup. When yeah. You, when you sit down and think about it, they definitely have some uh, all-stars in that lineup. There's a couple guys I really don't know that well. Um, but, yeah. Hold on, let me you got So, the relief pitcher, oh, yeah, relief pitcher, relief more, pitcher more, Roberto more. Hernandez, and the utility player, crime dog Fred McGriff. Fred McGriff. So, everybody's going to ask, where's Wade Boggs? Oh, that's true. I want to know where Rocco Baudelli is, but... Uh, no, I don't know. No, wait, Boggs. But how many years was Boggs there? Um, he was there for three. The thing was, is he didn't do much in Tampa. He got his, he got that, you know, the big hit there, the right. three thousand hit or whatever that was. Right, right, right. But uh, Fred McGriff actually made an All Star team while he was there with Tampa. Okay, so that makes sense why yeah. he's there then. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's tough. It, it's tough not to put Boggs on there. He was there for two years, eight, 98, 99. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I guess because it was the end of his career, maybe. Maybe he was. Uh, maybe he didn't play third a lot. Was he DHing back then? And, and yeah, you know, maybe yeah, playing every yeah. other day. You know, I don't know the, the complete stats on that. Um, but I don't. I don't know though if you think Tampa Bay. If you think Wade Boggs, I don't. I don't think so either. There was that whole controversy when he went into the Hall of Fame about they wanted he wanted to go as in as a Ray. They were going to pay him to go in as a Ray. Oh uh, yeah, to to help. Yeah, because yeah. obviously they need need right. some a uh, person behind their 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 brand and their which team. was cheap. But right. <laughs> uh, so that that there's your lineup. 
But Paul, the Rays did retire his number. Yeah. They did retire his number. I mean, they, they, number, they've done so. everything they can to help say, hey, here's here's Wade Boggs, right? He's right. he's our, he's on the list. But in, in reality, you he's and I know that he's a Red Sox or a Yankee, right? right. He, he's, and he's more, really a Red Sox. For sure. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I always think of him as a Red Sox. I always forget he went to the Yankees a, a lot, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's, he's a Red Sox in my, my exactly. mind. Exactly, exactly. So it's uh, not a bad starting lineup for for what I was thinking. When you when you think about it, they don't those names don't necessarily come to your mind right away. Right. So once you break it down and and you put them on paper, um, yeah. I think teams like this are going to be easy. It's when you get down probably in that top ten. Like yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know this honestly. I don't. I'm assuming the Yankees are going to be number one. What do you do there? Yeah, I mean the Yankees. Those teams that have does just have so many Hall of Famers and just so much tradition and so many names and personalities that have played the game. That's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. Um, it's going to be tough. We're going to be debating almost every position. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? They could, they could make two teams for, for some of them out Probably, there. Probably, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be, and it'll be interesting to see who were like the old player, like the veteran player, the older players versus the new guys. You know, sure. Like who's going to get the vote. Sure. You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting. It'll be fun uh, to, to watch this progress over the next over the course of the season. We look forward to your feedback, too. Did, we, did, did the guys get it right? Did they get it wrong? Let us know. We'll let them know because uh, they sit – in the same area as us. Yes, yes, they do. Very <laughs> we, close. We can uh, we can let them know. Like, hey, you, you got it wrong. You, you got it wrong. But the, I think this Rays one is pretty spot on. Um, who's next? Who can we tell them? I don't know who's. You next. don't know who's they, next. Okay. They, they reveal them on Mondays. That's okay. the thing. All right, so on uh, Monday there will be a new. All right, all right, all right. A new team out. I mean, I would guess it'd be the Diamondbacks, it. or I mean, someone probably probably somewhere in there. The Diamondbacks won a World Series, so they. Yeah, I don't a little know. bit of tradition there. Yeah, I don't know. All right, well, we'll just wait. Randy Johnson pitched there. Kurt Schilling pitched there. They got some. They've had some good ball players. They there, have. So, they have. all right, uh, that's the show this week, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for uh, having fun with us. Hope you liked everything that we brought to you. Go check out that preview of props. That's going to be a fun, fun, fun podcast with uh, John Finkel and myself as we break down uh, your favorite sports movies. Memorabilia wise, we were going to get Paul on, but he's never seen a movie ever. <laughs> Depends on which one. Yeah, I'll, I'll make. I'll probably make a guest appearance at some point in time. We'll, we'll get you to watch a sports film, and uh, maybe, maybe like Air Bud. I'm sure you got your kids have seen Air Bud a few I've times. Seen lots of Air Bud. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good show. No, I want to do Space Jam. Are you doing that? You, one? You know what? No, I haven't seen it in a while. I'll have, to, I'll have to watch it to refresh it, but I've definitely seen it a couple times. So the first season is going to be uh, all baseball movies. Okay. Okay. And then we're going to take a couple weeks off. Okay. And then we're going to do another another sport. Okay. Um, got to do Jerry Maguire, man. I'm in. So for a football movie, yeah, yeah. I'm in. So I, yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess basketball actually would logically be next. Um, and Space Jam is definitely. On that on list. that list has to be Space Jam, Air Up There, Blue Chips, uh, White Man Can't Jump. Yeah, that, that one's held true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 I don't know. Well, I can't think of any off the top of my head because I don't watch movies. It's the basketball one's the basketball one's tough. Like, yeah, it might only be like a four week. Yeah, four Hoosiers week would be on. There. I've never seen Hoosiers. Oh, Hoosiers. Okay, that but, makes sense. I mean, everybody loves Does it. Bobby Knight have a documentary. Be you know what? <laughs> We're, we're going to end on this. Okay. Um, ESPN right now, on e I don't have access to this, but on ESPN Plus, 
There's a new 30 for 30 film called The Last Days of Night about his last oh, wow, week okay. or so oh, at, just... at Indiana. Okay. It looks amazing. Okay. I was just... do, you, do you remember when all that happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, you, I mean, how many kids can you hit with a chair before you get fired? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't but know. That's kind of crazy. So it looks like an amazing documentary. I can't wait for that to come out. And speaking of documentaries, uh, my final part of the shot was HBO's Under the Giant documentary that, that premiered uh, on the 10th was awesome go check it out it's really if you're a wrestling fan it's probably nothing you don't already know but hbo put their name behind it and the production value in it is great so go check that out all right guys thanks for hanging out till next week just keep listening cue the jericho Mission control, it's stories to be told Bold, decode these remotes Broke down but this behold The illest from CO Deep through the keyhole To see this one light Leeches lurking in the darkness Won't leave living tonight Punchline for fist fight Because they heads ain't fed right How can you see my brother With no perspective of sight Can't do good and live right Kick snares and hi-hats They be the get right Here to give the blind sight What? Me and my people just might tonight Alright me and my people just might. Me and my people just might tonight. Alright. Me and my people just might. Me and my people just might tonight. Alright. Me and my people just Sounds stupendous. Other cats on the radio, they sound horrendous. We some mind benders and they never been pretenders. You out here trying to end us, but y'all just beginners. We some natural born killers and we creeping through your windows, man. We the fucking realest, man. Regardless if you feel